Hi there, Joan Grobelar here. Welcome to another episode of the Five All In podcast. Today I have a great guest. Her name is Claire from Morehouse Digital. Welcome, Claire. Hello, thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. First thing that I want to talk to you about is content strategy, because that is one of the things that you absolutely kill at in your agency. Mm. Tell me how this can really transform business growth. Well, content strategy is so important because um, it helps you take a step back and really plan out your content uh, for the next three, six, nine months. Um, and it doesn't just um, plan what you're going to be writing or talking or presenting about. It also looks at your audience and what you want your audience to do when they read or listen or watch your content. Um, so a lot of companies really miss that out. And I think, you know, if you don't have a content strategy or a plan, then you're just, you know, if you have a blog, for instance, and sometimes you're just writing blogs for the sake of writing blogs without really any consideration about your audience and what the purpose of those blogs is for. Um, so I think that is why it's so overlooked, but it's so, so important now because a lot of businesses now have cottoned on to content and the magic of content with Google um, because content, of course, is for your audience, but it's also to help with your Google rankings as well, considerably. Talk more about that, because I find that really interesting about content and Google rankings. Okay, so... Um, this is what a lot of people, a lot of businesses really um, are missing out on, isn't missing, it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so uh, we all it. know about keywords and all that kind uh, of thing. Hang on, so just in case people don't know about keywords quick summary of keywords just in case they don't know so keywords are the phrases that um keyword not, not just individual words but they're usually like two or three even four word phrases that relate to your business and services and products and they're keywords that your audience may type in into google when they're looking for your products or services mm -hmm. so you really have to think from you know what are my audience going to be typing in and I think from when you once you've got those sort of seed list, you can then plan your content around those keywords. And this is why, because a lot of people use Google. I mean, you must use Google now, not just for, you know, typing in a couple of word phrases, but you're actually typing questions to Google. It's like an, an yeah. answer service, you know. Uh, um, how I do I... I was typing in a question the other day and I was like, this is bordering on the ridiculous. Yeah, and they're often really, really long. People are getting a lot longer with their with their keyword phrases. Um, so the idea is that if you have a piece of content that addresses those questions, then you will rank. Um, and hopefully then that person will then buy from you uh, or engage with your services. So um, it's really looking about what questions people might type in, what problems and challenges people face that they might be using Google for, and then planning all your content around that. That's incredible, isn't it? Because And how, when people kind of get their head around the fact that Content and digital is and Google rankings are absolutely vital for business growth. If you are somebody that has never done any of it, you've got you've got a website, mm. but you've not really understood the back end engineering and how powerful that can be in driving you traffic. How much time do you advise that people should really give to the project of transforming how they lead generate from that? Well. It really depends on your goals, really, um, but it is definitely not a quick fix. I would probably say, um, you know, when, I, when I'm working with clients, I like to work with them over at least 12 months because it does take time to take effect. And so many business owners are like, well, I want to be number one for this. And, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> that, that, that saying still rings true 
for, for you know, search engine ranking and, and content. So, you know, things do take time. Whilst Google does crawl sites more often now, you know, you've got to look at so many other factors. What does crawling sites mean? Okay, so Google has what you call a spider. It's a robotic uh, thing that they call a spider, and it basically crawls every single page that is listed on the internet to determine wow. what that page is about. And it then um, that's how the algorithm works. So that's the order. The algorithm is the order of the pages that it brings up. It's so clever. It's fascinating. Claire, <laughs> I have known you for a really long time, and you've done some incredible things uh, with me and my content and marketing my business and getting me in the door with certain clients that I really want to work with. I didn't, never knew about the spider. I never knew about the spider. <laughs> spider's a whole new I thing know, to me today. I know. Well, that's there you go. Google spiders. I hate spiders, but I love the Google one. <laughs> well, interestingly, um, I have a friend out in the US who did Half a Day with Gary V from VaynerMedia. Yes. And one of yeah. the things that he said, and we've talked about this, um, Gary V says, as a digital agency, any agency that sells you that they know the formula for the algorithms, whether it's the social media platforms or Google, is telling fibs because yeah. they're constantly, constantly changing, changing every day. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the last stat was, but it was something, you know, like 200 times per week or something ridiculous that it was changing. Because it has to, because there's so much content being pushed out there now. So it has to be always on top of everything to make sure that um, it's giving the right results. Because at the end of the day, Google wants to present the best results for the user. So what you're typing into Google, it wants to determine what your preferences are, where your location is. So many factors that kind of come into this um, could determine the results that you're getting. So, you know, when you're over in the States, you're not going to be getting the same results that I'm getting over in the UK, just things like that. Even And, and even, you know, county-wise and town-wise, um, it, it looks at your IP address, and where you're located. So there's so many factors involved. Because I, I find that really interesting because I was talking to, you know, my pal Liana from uh, Wellesley yes. Agency. And we were looking at when I, I'd taken some screen grabs of when you Google my business in the UK and what you get when you Google my business in the US. Yeah. And it's different. Yeah, completely and that different. blows my mind. I know. Because you just assume that you're, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So no, smart, I know. Very smart. Um, what what's the number one mistake you see people make with content? Um, with content is just producing content because they feel that they have to and they've been told that they have to without really looking at, you know, the headline is so important, not just for Google, but for people to actually go, I really want to read that article. That sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um so there's so many, yeah, this I think I think that, you know, a lot of people have blogs now. A lot of businesses have blogs, but they're sometimes not the right. You know, I look at them and they're like, mm, A, this is not interesting. B, it's not relevant. And, you know, you're just writing it because you think that Google wants fresh content, which it does. But actually, Google wants a lot more than that. It wants to make sure that your content is relevant and useful for the user. Mm, so reading it. it's just you see people pushing out content for content sake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, how would you work with a client that had never uh, produced a, co- you know, had never embraced content before? What would be your headline process? So if people are listening today, they can contact you to go, Claire, help me with content. Yeah, well, I'd just say, first of all, um, if you haven't got a blog on your website, that's a great place to start because it's really easy to implement. And, you know, you may not be the best writer in the world, but it can be something that you can develop as well. And also my agency produce content as well for people that don't like writing. So not only do I plan and strategize the content, I also write it as well. 
So, and it could just be that you present some bullet points that I then formulate into a really interesting article. But I would say the blog is the first point. The other thing that um, people are finding more interesting to to engage with is video, because even though you might not be the best writer in the world, to actually you know go onto your you know camera on your computer and just talk about a subject that you're really passionate about is really really good. And you know Google loves video. Uh, and social media loves video. So you're going to get higher up in the rankings if you produce more and more video. And some people are, are more comfortable with that than actually writing. So I would say video is definitely not to be overlooked. So I know you're an incredible writer. And I also know that you are incredible on video. Do you want to share what happened at the start of the year when you engaged in in doing video, yeah. Well, so at the start of the year, I decided to do to practice what I preach <laughs> and do my own content plan. And I planned out topics that I thought people might be interested in. And I did a two-minute video. I did a series of about four or five videos. And I put them on LinkedIn. And I got so many hundreds and hundreds of views, so many comments, so many likes. It was, like, amazing. But not only that, but when I go meet new clients or go to a networking event... Um, and I introduce myself, they say, I've seen your videos. And it's like, wow. it's like I'm famous <laughs> just from these four or five videos. But they were they were topics that I know that businesses really want to hear about Google and content. Yeah. And they were put in a way that was easy for them to understand, which is really crucial, not to sort of talk too technical, but to really talk about where they're at. And it really and it really helped people. And they still get loads of views. It's incredible. So now I'm like, this is a winner. What else did those videos do for you? Because there's something, you know, it was really significant, wasn't it? You you got phenomenal views, comments, likes, shares. Yeah. But I also got new business, <laughs> which is key, which is what everybody wants. Yeah. So I got people that I'd met previously, maybe a year or so ago, that came up to me and said, oh, you know, I've been meaning to contact you, but I saw your video on LinkedIn and it's and it's made me pick up the phone and go, we need this. Which is, which is, again, which is what content is about. And it honestly, it absolutely works. My impression, because, you know, I used to do, I've been, been around, I've had my business now for 11 and a half years. Um, and I know I used to do a lot of content production. And that, that, has, that, is, that has paid off, yeah. you know, 11 yeah. and a half years later, even though the messaging is different. Mm. It's great for people to go and see your journey. Yeah. But for me to see you embrace video and see how it literally brought in client after client after client after client. And those clients then referred more clients to you. Yes. All from, it was a knock-on effect. Yeah. yeah, all from these videos. Yeah. Well, we, what advice would you give to a, you know, a, so, a small business who are so adverse to doing video, but we know both of us sat here, it can transform. Yeah, well, what I did was I, I started off with a very brief script. It was just bullet points because I prefer to work off a script. Some people just prefer to do it on the fly. But I prefer to actually think, right, what am I going to say? What are the key points that I want to raise? I then had my script next to me so that if I looked to the side, then it didn't look too obvious. And I practiced a few times. I mean, to be fair, I did take on my first video, I did have quite a few takes because everybody's self-conscious when they look back, they think, oh, my God, no, that's terrible or I haven't got enough lipstick on, or whatever. <laughs> Never have too much lipstick on. We are... I know. Lipstick is like... So I did take a few takes. Some of them, actually, uh, after I got into the habit, some of them were just like, one take, publish, go. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely practice. But your first one, 
don't worry if you're self-conscious. Um, but I would say the other thing is, and like this is the same, you know, with with actors and everything, is that um, you 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 always look at yourself differently to the way the people see you. So you know, if you've got a spot or something, people go, "Oh, look at that spot!" And actually, people go, "I've never really noticed yeah. it." So um, so don't be too self-conscious. You know, people are listening to your message rather than looking at what your hairstyle's like. And the, I think the other thing is that's really important, which you nailed at that in that period, was consistency. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. I think, and going back to the strategy as well, is that when I do a plan, is that everything has a date as well, and you stick to it because it's so easy to let your content um, be less prioritised in your business. Oh, you and I know that. We, yeah. we, we are both guilty because it's not about perfection we are both guilty because we love working in our businesses don't we yeah we love working with our clients we love being in the hub and the heart of it and being problem solvers and helping people push ahead but both you and I are very conscious that that can be yeah content slides I know absolutely but if you have a date and you're accountable you know to that then uh, I would and also Google likes to see fresh content yeah um, because the more you put on your website that's new, the more frequently it will spider your website, going back to the spider, and then, you know, the more indexed pages you're going to have in Google. In my head, it's a real spider. <laughs> in my head, there's a real spider crawling around the internet. I know, That's scary. just where my head is. Because <laughs> um, you know that I work with Michael and Amy Port at Heroic Public Speakers out in the US, mm. and because I... I I can not be a good rehearser, but Michael and Amy have made me rehearse, 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 table read and yeah. rehearse. And I think if people, you know, we're going to come on to something that you just touched on earlier, uh. a second ago. Um, the more you rehearse, the more you table read, it can really transform how you feel yeah. about the camera concert. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You just need to, to feel more confident in, you know, being more articulate and getting your message across in a succinct way. It's yeah. definitely practice. Um, I've also seen you support your clients in producing video production. That is something that you can support and, and coach yes. people in helping them to be more confident yeah. in front of video. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do, um, I, I script write for a lot of uh, videos. And the other thing is I like to be there on the shoot because I have a, with video, I have a, a way in my mind where I can see the finished product, yeah. which they can't always see. So, you know, I know when the music needs to come in. I know when other, you know, things need to be edited. And I'm not a video editor by any means at all, but I just kind of get the, the flavour of that, that video. And I think it's good to, to be able to get the right. So if you're interviewing someone for a case study, you've got to get the right questions to get the right messages out from people. And that's really important. Yeah, you're phenomenal at that. <laughs> I want you to think about, I want you to talk a little bit about business growth. What are you proud yes. of in the last, what are you most proud of in the last six months? In my business? Well, um, I think proud that it's just, it's taken off in a way that I never really imagined. And quicker that, I than I thought. I feel deeply emotional. Oh. I might even cry. Because. <laughs> I know. It has. It's really taken off. And like, you know, you're, you're always saying to me, you know, you could be this agency in this converted warehouse, converted <laughs> barn. And yeah. I can still see that vision, but it's kind of happening before I really thought it would really which yeah. is great yeah you've had phenomenal business growth in the last yeah, year yeah I have and you've done I the hard have. work yeah um yeah in that last 12 months Claire have you seen a difference in the you know in the incredible clients that you started out with 
And have you seen a transition to a different type of clients maybe that you're working with? Yeah, definitely. I actually, um, you know, secured my dream client. I'm not going to say who it is. My dream client a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and a couple of years ago, uh, I remember saying to you, I want to work with with this company. And it was just because they were, they're, they're only an SME, but they're fast growing. They've got big, they've got big growth plans. And it was just the kind of industry that I really am passionate about. And I just thought, and they're now, they're my client. And it's mm-hmm. like, and I've been working on them for two years. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, because you and I know that both sometimes we, it takes a bit of time to get a really great client over, over yeah, the line. Yeah, it does. It does. This is... I mean, I've done a couple of proposals. One was outdated and they've been to another agency um, and they've been disappointed, which is often what I get. I get people who have have been very disappointed with larger agencies than me um, with the service. So um, it's nice that they've actually come back to me. So one of the things, because you and I, I come from an agency background way back in the day, further back than I care to talk about. Um, And you and I have both come from an agency background and you now develop your own great agency what do you see that you do really well that other agencies modern day agencies are missing out on I think it's um I think it's two things one is service and the other is knowledge because having the combination of those is quite unique because some agencies are really good at delivering the service they have good account management but they honestly don't know what they're talking about some of the time and they are often hire juniors which I can understand because that's a sensible business decision but at the end of the day you know they're lacking in um, proper content writing skills Um, so they're just producing content for content's sake rather than really thinking about their audience and what their pain points are Um, and you know the other aspect is you know account management and transparency because at the end of the day marketing is you know a business investment and people companies need to know what their ROI is so I do produce very um, detailed reports uh, ROI ROI exactly. return on investment yes I'm big on that that's what they need to see yeah yeah so um, very transparent with my stats I mean some clients that I work with say I've never had a report like this and you know to me it's common sense because it's yeah. just this is what I've been doing this month this is what things were Three months ago, <coughs> this is what things are now. Look how you've improved. Because if they don't see that improvement, then there's clearly something wrong. Yeah. And I think people I think people can, um, providers of this service can get complacent. Because, yeah. Because, well, we should be, it's, I think um, having had conversations, people just think, well, it's just something we should all be doing. But that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean if it's not delivering a return on investment that we should be investing in it. Every time <coughs> that we invest money, in our businesses, in our personal life, we want to understand what, what, the, return is. Yeah, what the return is. Yeah. We interviewed Emma from Crave Personal Styling, and Emma was even talking about that in terms of price per wear on an item. Yeah, I know. It's um, incredible, isn't And it? I think as a community of women, we are very much into knowing our numbers. Yes, yeah. How's that affected your life, Claire, knowing your numbers? Oh, knowing my numbers. Well, I thought I knew my numbers. <laughs> <laughs> meaning I knew what was in my business bank account, yeah. but that really was only just a tip of the iceberg. So now I'm getting a lot. I've still got a way to go with my numbers. But... Okay, just pause there. <laughs> Celebrate the success. Yes. We've all, we're always all got further, better that we can do. Yeah. But just pause there and knowing your numbers, how has that helped you 
really focus on the here and now present moment? Well, I think it's given me a lot more control about where I am with my money situation and where the business is. But not only that, it's allowed me to think about, you know, where I can, you know, um, employ other people to do the work and that kind of thing. So to make my business more efficient. I think that's really key. Yeah. Because unless we know our numbers, we don't have a business. Yeah. And I am a big, as you know, I'm a big advocate of knowing your numbers in your business, knowing your numbers in your personal life. Yeah. Um, why do you think women get scared of knowing the numbers? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? And I don't think it's a universal question, but no, I think um, maybe historically people always think, oh, the men do, do all the the finances in the house. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, I'm that a, doesn't I'm rock a, and roll for me and you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm a single parent, so for me, it's been, it's been essential that I've been more in control of my money. Yeah. Um, and it's been, it's been liberating. Actually, yeah. yeah, just to see your face light up, yeah, saying it's been liberating. It's been it's been liberating and um and not scary. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is not to be fearful about money, which yeah. it's so especially for you know for the likes of me who's a single parent running my own business, I can easily go into the the habit of being scared about money. Yeah, and I think that I think that's a, a phenomenon for many people who. You know, I've worked with many, many people over the course of my career and money and numbers is such a hot point. Yeah. I don't think I've met anybody it's not a hot point for, including yeah. myself. Yes. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So it's it's a constant, you know, the more I, you know, I talk about immersion therapy, the more I get people to look at the m- numbers, the less fearful we become of yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. And I think knowing your numbers, it sets you free. It's liberating. And also it helps you live in abundance as well. Which yeah. I love that. Yeah. I always think about living in abundance because, yeah, yeah m- money is a great thing, and it's not to be it's be, it's to be respected, isn't it? Oh, gr- we've got to be great custodians yeah. of our finances. Yeah, but when you respect money, um, and then you you can you can buy the things that you want to enjoy. Yeah, and not only that, I know that one thing that you and I are both very hot on is being great custodians of our clients' money as well. Mm. Being great custodians of our yeah. clients' numbers. Yes, and having that. At, kind of one of the central pieces to our value system in how we work for clients yeah and I think I can see you know when you get feedback and when I get feedback and people see that we are that is central to how we deliver whether it's in-house for them or externally again I think that's not many conversations a lot Mm. of companies have no no it's very important really important Yeah. yeah I'm even more respectful of clients money um, yeah. <laughs> Why know. is that? Why are you more respectful of clients' money than I maybe know. you are of your own? I just think it's you know they need to know what's being spent. Yeah. Uh, and I always make sure I agree things first because you know I'd hate to 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 go off and spend some money of the of the of the marketing budget and they say well this wasn't approved. Yeah. You know. You were, that's something you know, and we hear those stories, don't we? Yeah. We hear those stories where a budget's been set and then the budget's been diversified into a project that actually doesn't meet their needs yeah and hasn't been approved yeah and then it all ends up a little yeah. bit of a disaster exactly. we we have had a really scary situation where we heard about that recently yeah yeah absolutely. and it and it's and it's really challenged that that organization yes yeah, yeah. so we are all about the numbers aren't we Claire? yes we Very love numbers don't yeah, we i'm looking at her numbers. now going we are aren't we we're <laughs> <laughs> on the numbers oh. i want to talk about you for a second because you touched on um <laughs> rehearsing yes acting 
what is your passions outside of your career? Oh, I love theatre and um, and music. I love <laughs> now you're seeing my theatrical side. Yeah, so um, so I trained as an actress years ago. Um, so instead of going to university, I went to drama school in London. Um, I still got a degree uh, for prancing around on the stage. I don't know how I managed that. A BA honours in acting, which at interviews was a real really questionable. <laughs> But anyway, it's still a BA honours. Um, so I, I did about five years in the profession working in London and um, then realised how hard it was to survive in London on, you know, quite a low wage and not having that consistency of work. So I decided to give it up. But then I came back to it um, a few years ago. I moved to Singapore for three years and I, I performed over there. And then I've never let that go, really. So I've always continued with my singing and now I do it on a... Uh, for, for local theatre um, and I love that because it's like once a week in the evening I get to just like forget about work and just focus on that and enjoyment and I've made some great friendships through it as well. So In the last 12 months you've put, put in some very yeah. incredible performances at a very high level. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's been your favourite part to play in the last 12 months? So I played the witch in Into the Woods wow. uh, in Chester. That's a big part. It's a big part. It's the part, so if you've seen the film, it's the part that Meryl Streep played. And it's a part that I've always wanted to play. So uh, I got the opportunity earlier this year. And um, it was fantastic. It was great working with a really talented bunch of people. And it was such a great show. It was only put in um, in a converted church. Um, so it was quite a small production. And it's such a shame because I feel that it didn't really get the audiences that it deserved. And it was ve- it's a very big production, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, so many people don't really support local theatre because they think that it's not going to be good quality. But honestly, I mean, I've trained professionally and I work with other people that haven't trained. But the talent is still phenomenal. So I would, I would absolutely recommend that if you want to go and see some really good theatre, go and check out your local theatre company because the tickets are half the price of what you would pay in Manchester or the West End. And you'll you'll get some really good productions. One of the things that I love about you embracing your uh, time in the theatre is it brings great balance to your career, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, because it's the only thing that I um, enjoy doing really outside work, fully, I would say. And the only thing that helps me switch off. Yeah. Um, Something very special happened, didn't it? You were nominated. Oh, gosh. Can you talk (laughs) just a seen a bit because I'm well, so proud. Couple, yeah, I think it was a couple of years ago. I was nominated for for they have like these um, awards, which is a bit like the Oscars of the Oscars of the amateur world. And so I was um, nominated best supporting female. Um, that was a for Fame production in Fame. That I did. What role did you play in Fame? Miss Sherman. I've got all the Fame soundtrack going have on you? in my head right now. I'm not. So Miss Sherman is a strict teacher. Yes, so. I know who Miss Sherman is. I, I'm not going to sing because I am <laughs> dreadful. Nobody will listen after oh. hearing me singing. Oh. What would you say to people who have a very much, you know, you run, a, you run an agency, you have a full-on career, you have a full-on family life as a single parent. What would you say to those people who are not getting that external time to themselves? Because you, you've really made that happen. Mm. What do you? What advice would you give those people? Who yeah, need I'd that? say it's essential, you know, because it's like it's it's you need that you you really need that wet place and time that you can just let off steam and and not and not worry about your work mm. because the thing is I I have an office at home and so often even when I'm having a day off at the weekend you can still associate your home with a bit of work 
Or if you've got like an hour at home, you think, oh, I'll just do that uh, that, that needs yeah. doing. So it's kind of like, you know, when you run your own business, it's really important that you have that escapism because otherwise you'll never get away from it. How do you make it happen? How do you make that escapism happen? What What is a non-negotiable for you? Non-negotiable is every Wednesday evening. I will go, so it's tonight, I will go um, for a rehearsal. And uh, I mean, normally there's no client meetings for me in the evenings anyway. So that's, it's easy for me to do. And then nearer the time, but with the producer show on a Sunday, um, we'll do often a full day on a Sunday, um, which is great. But yeah, to me, it's like, it is my life. <laughs> yeah, you make it happen, don't yeah. you? Yeah. So childcare, all that stuff, yeah. you make it happen. Yes. Because it transforms the way that you then perform and show up in your career. Yeah. And, and as a parent. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky because my son um, it, it wants to pursue a theater, uh, career in the theatre. Um, so he comes with me, which is probably why he's he's, had he's got the bug. He's had some great roles in the last 12 months he as has. well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's doing, he's doing well. So, yeah, it's great to see. How do you manage family life and your career? What is your, what is your tool to help you manage that without feeling the guilt? Because I know a lot of women talk to me about mum guilt or just... Yeah. guilt as being all in on your career. I just think you're never you're never going to get it right because if you spend a day with them, you're going to be guilty about your work, and if you if you work, you're going to feel guilty about not spending time with them. But um, like in the summer holidays, it's always a big challenge for me. But my son's at that age now where he can actually entertain himself, and so I mean it's like funny because like about five o'clock last night, I still had some work to do, and I said, and he had a bit of maths catching up to do, so I said, come on, let's do a power hour. Oh, I, love I know. It. So we did. We both did a power hour, and I and I told him what I had to do, and he said, "I want to get to these fifty questions in maths." So we did it. It was great, and it's done now for him. And isn't it's it? done. Yeah. So yeah. you are teaching your son some of the key principles that are really supporting you. Yeah. Manage. Yeah, it's funny because he yeah he he was playing with his pencil, and I said, "Don't get distracted," and he said, "It's so easy to get distracted, isn't it, mommy?" And I said, "Yeah, it is, but you've just got to focus." And then I went on my phone at one point and he said, don't get distracted, mummy. <laughs> yes, let's talk about that. <laughs> Multitasking. Multitasking. Yeah. What is the um, one thing that you and I have talked honestly about oh, a lot? Yes. Block and tackle. Block and tackle. Multitasking. Well, switching off. Switching off your phone um, because it's, if you such, are doing, it's such a distraction. Yeah, isn't it? if you are, you are committed to maybe you're briefing one of your writers about a gig, whether you're you know crack, crack, putting together a client brief yeah what's going to happen switch off my phone and email yeah and it does it really does work it does. your productivity kind of goes whoosh through the, yeah. through the roof it does yeah yeah jobs that normally take you two hours to do can literally be done just over half yeah. an hour yeah absolutely i've got to do that this afternoon actually oh yeah what have you got to, anything that you can share with us that you're focusing oh on i've got to write a piece of content for a client but i want to get it done yeah Without distraction. And it's easy, isn't it? Yeah. It's doable, but it is a learned skill, yeah, isn't it? absolutely. Have you fought me on that one, Dick Claire? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me time. about... <laughs> I think we laugh about this a lot, don't we? Well, just that you thought, you know, I think it's good to always be available. Yeah. Um, but... Um, is it good to always be available, though? Well, no, because may maybe it gives the impression that, you know, you're busy and you're in a queue. 
So, but I, I always like to have that responsiveness for yeah. clients. For me, boundaries are really, really important. You know mm. that because we talk a lot about boundaries, don't we? Yeah. Um, boundaries make people feel safe. Boundaries keep um, clarity. Um, it stops us. It stops the confusion, doesn't yeah. it? And I think also boundaries create really healthy relationships yes. that have longevity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think when we're just, you know, you know, for me, I've, I've, been traveling a lot the last few weeks we have a great person that supports us in our business mm. um and that delegation piece but without having boundaries and learning yeah. to delegate it would be chaos absolutely yeah no it's, it's definitely something you have to learn yeah and and practice how's that learning going <laughs> it's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a challenge isn't it yeah. sometimes and yeah. challenges are great yeah absolutely one thing i want to ask you is how how has being a woman played to your advantage in growing your business? Oh, gosh. Um, I, haven't really, I haven't really thought about it, but I guess um, that there's so many more female business leaders now. And, um, and, I like, and I like that kind of equality now in the workplace, which is really, really good. Um, but I used to work in a male-dominated um, profession, which is a firm of surveyors, uh, I think it's changing now, but, you know, historically, surveyors were mainly men. Uh, and I did see a lot more women come into the workplace. But, I, you know, in, I was on the board there and um, I was the, one of the only females on, on the board. And that was, but actually, you do have this different respect as a woman, I think. Um, but you do have to fight your corner. You do, don't you? Yes, you have to fight your corner. When you say you have a different respect, I think you said, mm. do you feel that that is... Because I've witnessed this myself, working with some incredible enlightened male leaders. Mm. And yet I still witness, and it's nothing that they have done. Mm. Um, I still witness women changing the way that they communicate from one down position than when they are maybe working with me, yeah. working with an all-female team. Um, do you still experience that as a female leader? Do you see that still in your, in your line of work, working with mixed groups? Yeah, I think I do really. I do. I, I it's difficult to I actually like working with with men. I like yeah, but I we like, both but do. I like yeah. yeah, I like working with men and women. Um um but I like I like men who definitely show a certain respect for women. I think that's really important. Yeah. Because the moment that 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 falls by the wayside, it it leads to problems. It does. Um and I, you know, you and I again, we we talk about a lot of things, don't we? We have <laughs> yes. a lot of conversations. Um, it's so easy and boundaries I think boundaries and being very very yeah. clear about what's acceptable for us in our yeah. leadership roles as women yeah. has really helped uh, helped enlighten men maybe look at how they speak and perform in the business yes yeah. I was um, sharing a story the other day with um, I had an experience not so long ago where um, one of us one of our suppliers to, you know, the brand that I collaborate on, the sub club, mm. um, when I was being very directional and very, just very clear, you know, what, what we wanted, what we needed, mm. you know, how we expect things to be done in a very nice way, just like I would communicate with you. And the feedback that I got to that was completely unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to assert yourself. Yeah. And that doesn't, you know, that can leave us feeling very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, now I've definitely been put in some situations 
with with guys where I've I've been like you know that that's not acceptable and more so from men than I have with with women I've had yeah. a couple of yeah um you know issues with, with with women but not not really I mean generally I I get on with all the people that I work with and You're, I you are incredible you are <laughs> I have seen you work with your clients Claire and I think there's probably very few people that you are top of your game yeah and I think it's important that you know even the suppliers that you work with your colleagues um you know that 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 you have that mutual respect for them as well that's really important yeah it is going in there yeah. because like one of the things that I always talk about is we don't know what's going on behind the back of anybody else's eyeballs mm. but taking being able to walk into a room and take the temperature you know the temperature of a room yes. in terms of the emotions and what might be going around because we don't know what that leader has had going yeah. on at home yeah exactly. we don't know what you know somebody incredible has just handed in their notice and yeah. how that's going to impact them Equally, it's important that we hold the boundaries. Yeah, I think you've helped me understand that a bit more. That when you, you know, if you get a funny email from somebody, you know, it you're looking up to the place that they're at, yeah, rather than you know, or was this really directed at me, or is this them coming from a certain place, yeah. so, ten paces back? Is yeah, take ten, ten paces back. back. And, t- and 10 yeah. seconds, 10 minutes. It's so easy to, to not do that when you're in the situation. So Yeah, it is. It can get caught up. And as you know, uh, I'm all about emotional intelligence and all the work that we do in my leadership community when mm. I run leadership programs in corporates, the work that I do one-on-one. Mm. As women, we are phenomenal emotional intelligence, but yes. equally we can overboil our emotional intelligence. Yeah. And when we work, use the tools in the toolkit, we get it more and more on point. Yes. And I've seen that transformation in you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You, you just, you rock and roll. <laughs> what are some of your aspirations as a leader in the coming year, Claire? Um, I'd like to um, grow another 50%. Wow. Yes, that makes me super excited. I'd like to bring on another, um, you know, three or four big clients. Yeah. Um, look at um, look at some office space. Perhaps look at you know hiring new people to help me. Um, so it's, it's growing good. your team, growing my team. That's so exciting. I know. I just because I can remember one of our very first conversations that we had, and that really moves me yeah. to hear you in such a short vision. space of time as well. Yeah, I know. Because one of the things that you talked about is you know you you, you your visioning is excellent. You know, you you yeah. you want to work with that client. You want to have that role, and when you see it, and I think you are really utilizing your brilliant visionary skills that maybe you were discounting yeah. in the past. Yeah, I think being cre- as a, a creative person, um, I do visualize things quite well. So yeah. I need to bring that into my business, which you are. <laughs> so to just wrap up, you have to tell me about the fun fact that you shared with me. Fun fact. Was that about uh, 45? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, I mentioned that I was a singer. So when I was in Singapore, um, I was asked to sing for um, Liverpool Football Club coming over um, to to play on their Asian tour uh, when they played Singapore and um, Bangkok. And so I sang the anthem, You'll Never Walk Alone, before the match. Oh, my goodness. And in front of 45,000 people. So whenever I go to a business pitch... I always think nothing can be scarier than singing in front of 45,000 people. So, yeah. Claire. I know. Did you walk out on the pitch? What happened? Did you walk out on the pitch? Yeah. And start- in my head, you were stood on a podium. 
Yeah, how it was. Tell me what happened. I walked out in the pitch where the footballers um, come out. And of course, they're all waiting for the game to start. And then I come out in this red dress. And at that point, I remember thinking, what am I doing? And there was no return because people started clapping. So I was like, I'm out of here. I've got to do something. It was no return. It was so funny. I remember feeling that, like, could I get out of this? Did you? In yeah, that because when you're um, under the, you know, the football pitch, I don't know what they call it because I'm not really into football. Mm-hmm. But, that, you know, you can't really see. the. You can hear them, but you can't see the, the masses. Yeah. It's only when you walk out that you see everybody and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> but it was great. It was a real, it was a daunting experience, but really good. Amazing. Oh god! Yeah, I mean, it's had no- about. It's on YouTube. It's had about. It's had about two hundred seventy-five thousand views. Well, we're, we're all going to go on YouTube. Claire <laughs> our house singing. You'll never walk alone in oh the Singapore. Um, I mean, nothing can be scarier than that, can it? No. No. I've seen you in a business meeting. I know now why you are. Yeah, that, they don't. They don't really phase me. I have to say. Yeah. No, that's easy. <laughs> that's, but that's what I think. That's what women need to hear. They, this can be easy. Growing businesses can be in flow. Yeah. And if you get in the right mindset, if you work the emotional intelligence toolkit so you're not overboiling and you've got direction and support, yeah. but growing business can be easy, can't yeah, it, Claire? Yeah, it can. Yeah, and it's something that happens organically. And if you're doing what you are really good at, I think it does grow. Yeah. And I think it's all about working out what, what are you good at in running your business. And maybe it's the bringing on the new business and may, or maybe it's the doing, the delivering. But find out what you're good at and go and do more of that and get other people to support you doing the things that you're not so good at. And Brilliant. that's, I think, what I've learned in the last six months. Yeah. You have absolutely transformed your business and your life in the last two years, Claire. So take a huge bow. Oh, thank you very much. Well, thank you for your help and support. Ugh. Sort of like mutual admiration <laughs> stuff. Um, where can people find you if they want to go, if they want some help in driving lead generation, in upping their content, being seen on Google, where can people go and find you? Um, so you can uh, go onto my website, which is Morehouse Digital, M-O-O-R-H-O-U-S-E, digital.com. Um, and you'll find my contact details there. Um, and let's uh, meet up and have a coffee and we'll talk about how I can help. And you can work with anybody anywhere in the world, can't you? Yeah, I've met with clients that I've never met. Um, who are um, I've met with, worked with clients in Dubai. We've never had a uh, even a video call. Yeah, we've just had phone calls. But I mean, it's always nice to meet people if I can, and I always definitely try to. But um, yeah, it's not always essential. Yeah, Claire, thank you so much for thank coming join us today. It has been an absolute joy and a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing fifty percent business growth in the coming in the coming period of time i space? know i know i i would put my mortgage on you smashing that that's how confident i am that you're gonna get oh, it oh that's really kind thank you thank you claire thank you